Welcome to The Road Podcast. Today, Pastor Rick addresses the challenging question of how to forgive. Forgiveness is an act of the will, transcending our own natural tendencies and demonstrating our commitment to overcome darkness with light. He will encourage us to confront our anger and deal with it, recognizing that forgiveness is not about denying anger, but actively working through it. Let's dig in as Pastor Rick wraps up this series. Good morning. Grab a Bible, phone, something you can uh, read God's Word from. Open to the book of Colossians chapter 3. Hold your spot there for just a minute. Colossians chapter 3. Uh, Ernest Hemingway wrote a, a short story called The Capital of the World. It uh, demonstrates the tension between a father and a son. Uh, it's set in Madrid, Spain. Uh, father had a boy. His name was Paco at the time. Paco was the most popular name in Spain. Thousands of young men uh, in Spain with the name Paco. And Paco wanted to be a matador. And his father thought that was foolish and tried to talk him out of it. And, and that was his dream. And the tension became really, really intense between them. And to the point where Paco looked at his father and said, I'm gone. I'm going to Madrid. I'm going to be a matador. Broke his father's heart. Uh, matter of fact, Madrid is the capital city. And, and that's where the title of the short story came from. Uh, the capital of the world. And so Paco's father, after some time, made his way to Madrid, and he, he went to the local newspaper there in the city of Madrid, and he took out an ad in the paper, hoping his son would see it, and he wrote these words, Dear Paco, meet me in front of the Madrid newspaper office tomorrow at noon. All is forgiven. I love you. And Hemingway then writes, the next day at noon in front of the newspaper office, there were 800 young men named Paco <laughs> that showed up to be forgiven. And Hemingway tapped into the greatest need in all of humanity, and that is the need to be forgiven. And the second greatest need is the ability to forgive. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're in a series called... You may not be a legend, but you can leave a legacy. We've been trying to define the difference in the two. Uh, we have all, because we are part of this country, bought in to the pursuit of success. And that makes you a legend, right? You can be incredibly successful, right? Financially, uh, in your profession, with your talent, with your athleticism. Everything in our world drives us to be a legend be a success. But legacy doesn't come from success. It comes from significance. Significance. And living a life of significance, we've discovered if we live our life, if we follow Jesus, that the Bible leads us to a life of significance. The second thing we've discovered is, is legacy is what people become because they are around you. Simply because they are close to you, in contact with you, your legacy is what you leave. It is possible to be a legend and leave a negative legacy. Many of us do that. Uh, today we're going to be talking about leaving the legacy of forgiveness. Uh, one of the most important ways you and I can influence people around us spiritually is to show them uh, how to live in the forgiveness of God and how to forgive others. Incredibly important legacy. This is a difficult message. I'm going to tell you now, if you deal with what we're talking about, it's going to be hard for you. It's hard for me because uh, this, is, this is who I am, uh, what we're going to talk about today. So I want you to read with me in Colossians chapter 3, verses 12. And 13, follow along with me, if you will. 
Beyond all these, I'm sorry, let me get the right verse here. So as those of you who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against, what's that next word? Okay, I, I, want, I want everybody to look at that and say it with me. Whoever has a complaint against, who's anyone? It's everybody. Okay, stop for a second. It's everybody. But this isn't talking about how we live in the church. This is just talking about how we live. If you've been hurt by anyone, we practice forgiveness. And he closes out that verse saying, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you and I forgive others. Let's pray together. Father, we ask you to speak to us today. Um, Father, we come uh, not to be entertained. We love being here. We, we have a great time when we worship and uh, fellowshipping. And, and then, Father, we open your word, though, to, to change. And, Father, most often change is uncomfortable. Um, we, many of us, need to see something that is true in our lives that we might not like to see today. Father, the great news, the good news is you give us the power to change those things. And Father, speak to us. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. This uh, message is going to revolve around four questions that we're going to try to answer uh, about forgiveness. Not an exhaustive study on forgiveness, but one that I think will find a place in a lot of our lives. Why leave? Why worry about leaving a legacy of forgiveness? So we're going to start by talking about two principles that are overarching for the whole series. Uh, and, and here's the first one. You are leaving a legacy whether you choose to or not. I need you to begin to understand that because you are alive, you leave a legacy. Legacy is not always the product of time, lots of time spent. You don't have to be 90 to leave a legacy. Because you exist, you leave a legacy. And I'm going to use an illustration here that is kind of sensitive. Uh, I tried to clear it with some, specifically some ladies to make sure I wasn't in a ground that I didn't need to be in. But a lot of people here have had miscarriages, right? We had two. Two. Now, I, I need you to see how this works. Those lives never existed outside of the womb, and yet they impacted us greatly. You don't have to be 90 to leave a legacy. All you have to do is be alive. A legacy is what someone becomes because they're around you. Our lives changed because two lives that never breathed outside the womb existed. You leave a legacy simply because you exist. And the second thing that I, I want you to see uh, is if you're leaving a legacy, why not leave a good and a healthy legacy? Uh, if it's inevitable that we're all going to leave a legacy, why not work to leave a good legacy? To leave a healthy legacy. What does this look like? Okay, so we already understand that you don't have to spend a lot of time around someone to be influenced by them. So let's take the, the person at the gas station, right? Unless you swipe at the pump, you're going in, you're going to pick up a drink, right? Something. You're going to have, you're going to be around someone for, for a moment, a minute. You understand you have a chance to leave a mark on their life? In the minute that you're in the convenience store, the minute, 
Something about your interaction with that person can change. You go to the grocery store, you're going through the checkout line, unless you go to Walmart and you are the checkout line at Walmart, right? What you go through? And there's somebody there who's making their living running your groceries over that red light. How's their day going to be different? Because you were with them. You were around them. Say, Pastor, it's just a moment. A moment can make a big difference. A moment can make a big difference. Now, this is where it starts to get a little bit more serious. Make sure you get There's two, three things I want to make sure you get. This is one of them. The deeper your relationship with someone, the deeper the influence, right? The longer and more you're around someone, the deeper the mark you leave on their life. This is your kids. This is your mate. This is that circle of friends that's closest to you. This is your family, right? The people you're always with. You're around them a lot. That mark gets really deep. They become something because they're around you. And when you have not processed forgiveness, what you are passing on to them looks really ugly. They will become something because they were around you. This gets difficult. This gets really difficult. That's why leaving a legacy of forgiveness is so very, very, very important. So let's talk about if people become something because they're around us, what happens to us when we refuse to forgive? I mean, why is that such a bad thing? Well, there are a couple of things that, that happen that affects the people who are around us when we refuse to, to forgive. The first one is we get stuck. These are all straight out of Scripture. We get stuck when we refuse to forgive. 2 Peter 3.18 says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Okay, if you're stuck, you're not growing. So, well, pastor, how do I know if I'm stuck? Were you living with the hurt that someone inflicted upon you on replay in your head 24-7? Right, it happened years ago, but you can click that switch and it's just like it was real today. Right, that, and, and again, I'm going to be really, because here's the truth. You, you can have unforgiveness in your heart against a dead person. You're wasting your life over someone who's not here. You with me? So let's talk about a few things that happened a long time ago and we talk like they happened today. Divorce. We start to say things like this. Every woman out there is trash. Every man out there is a pig. Well, you stuck. You're stuck. Are you listening to stories you tell? Watch this. To your kids, to your family, to your friends. And you're telling a story about stuff that happened 10, 15 years ago like it happened yesterday. You're stuck. You're stuck. You lay in bed at night. This is a good one. This is me, right? You lay in bed at night and you plan out the 100 most painful ways that you're going to inflict death on someone. <laughs> How many of you understand what I'm talking about? Yeah. There's a few of you. Oh, I've laid in bed at night plotting deaths of people. Now you go, Pastor, it's grace, I'm saved. I'm just telling you it is. It is. It, and if you struggle with that, and I'm going to talk more about that, you understand. You're stuck. You're stuck. Nothing's happening between you and God when you get stuck. And when we get stuck, then we get bitter. This is the scripture again. The Bible tells us 
that when we let, when we don't deal with our anger, we get a root of bitterness in our lives. So we get hurt, we get angry. You show me an angry person, I will show you beyond a shadow of a doubt somebody in life that's been hurt. You may not even know how you've been hurt, but if you're dealing with anger, you've been hurt. And then anger gives birth to bitterness, and bitterness gives birth to fear. You say, Pastor, I don't fear anything. Yes, you do. You fear that justice will not be granted in that situation. That it is your job to somehow equal the scales of justice. That you carry the burden to make everything in life right. And that's a lie. Listen, it's a lie from Satan. That if you don't fix it, who will? Hey, how about this? It ain't your job to fix everything. You're free. There's one fixer. Right? And this is what the scripture tells us in the book of Romans, right? Do not seek revenge. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. So here's what happens. We put ourselves in the place of God. You're plotting out how you're going to equal the scales, man. You're putting yourself in the place of God, not your place. God says, leave it to me. I'll take care of it. Leave it to me. I'll take care of it. So we only hurt ourselves when we dwell on what has happened to us and fantasize about how the scales of justice are going to be equaled and how they're going to get their punishment. And this is the most important one. This is the second thing I'm telling you. Do not miss what we're going to say right now. And that is we defile everyone around us when we live like this. We defile everyone around us. Write this passage down if this is your struggle. Hebrews 12, 15. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God that no root of bitterness springing up raises trouble and by it many be defiled. Man, that's a powerful verse. So everybody knows this person. It's a person you don't want to be around because they defile everything. It's a person that when they show up, they make things worse, right? This is the person that when you're talking to your family, they go, how do they stay married to them? How she stay married to that, man? How did he stay married to that? Right? I understand the significance of this truth. The root of bitterness is defiling everyone around them. Now, I'm going to tell you how this works in my life. I deal with anger. I deal with anger. And because I deal with anger, I deal with the inability to forgive. Um, now, I'm gonna, I, because you go, wow, doesn't sound like God's working too good for you, Pastor. I will tell you that I am so much further down the road at 60 than I was at 40, but I'm not to the end of the road. Right? That th this journey is not complete for me, and, and I believe with all my heart that some of my journeys won't be complete until I get to heaven. That's why I'm saved by grace. Okay? But I am that guy that lays in bed and plots out what I'm going to do to people. Right? I am that guy whose blood pressure can go up right now because I replay some of the most hurtful things in life. And here's the reality for you. Life's going to hurt you. You're not going to get out of this life without being hurt. Boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, boss, mother, father, in-laws, somebody's going to hurt you. What are you going to do with it? Well, I want to hold on to mine. And I, I do not have the freedom to tell you the, the story that I'm going to refer to here because probably these people are watching. But I was deeply hurt years ago by somebody, a family, a group of people. Deeply hurt. And I hated them. I hated them. And when it happened, my kids were too young to really process out 
everything that was going on. But they were around me. And I'm going to tell you what it looked like. It's what I talked about. What low-life people they were. How much I despised them. I just could not stand them. That I'd love to have the opportunity to get even with them. And my kids didn't even have the opportunity, right? Because they're too young to formulate an opinion about people. But they got one. You know where they got it? I defiled them. I defiled them. By what I said, how I talked about them. I passed on to my kids a perspective about a group of people and didn't give them the chance to develop it themselves. I defiled them, watch this, because I couldn't forgive. I couldn't forgive. It is so incredibly important if you're a mom, you're a dad, that you process forgiveness. That you get to the place in your life where you can look at those who've hurt you and say, listen, it's okay because I follow Jesus. I forgive you. Number three, question number three. What happens when we forgive? This is good. Uh, this is the positive side of, of the importance of forgiving. Number one, to forgive is to set a prisoner free and realize that prisoner is you. It's you. So I'm going to start with the question. You go to the Bible, and especially the Gospels, and you start reading about forgiveness, and Jesus never says it like this. Forgive unless they don't want to be forgiven. Forgive unless they don't receive it. Forgive unless they don't own what they did to you, and then you are free to do whatever you want. And why Jesus never said that, why do we live that way? Why does a church live like that? Why do you live like that? Why do I live like that? Don't act like you don't. I forgave them until I didn't. Right? Jesus never once said, your forgiveness is conditional upon their response. He just said, forgive them. This is confusing, especially to Peter, who walks up to Jesus and says, how many times? Right? Because now you back me in a corner that I'm uncomfortable in. Okay, understand this. In the Old Testament... And the prophets, God forgave the pagan nations three times. And so in, the, in the, the law, the priest understood that forgiveness was three because that's what God did. So Peter says, okay, God, uh, Jesus, you're, you're confusing me. How many times do I forgive? Sometimes seven. So here's what he did. He took the Old Testament standard, more than doubled it and multiplied it by itself. Everybody going around going, you lost your mind? Forgive seven times seven. Three, brother, three. And then you're free. Jesus looks back at Peter. He says, seven times seven? What are you talking about? How about 70 times seven? Theologians will tell you this is what Jesus is saying. You never stop forgiving. You never stop. Not based on what they do. Not based on how they respond. That because of who you are, you and I, forgive. When you and I leave a legacy of forgiveness, we're teaching our children how to have a solid spiritual foundation. So, so answer this question for me. Would you agree with me that one of the key pillars on which a great relationship is built is forgiveness? Okay, I need, I need a better answer than that. All right. Everybody's scared today. I, I, listen, it's a weighty sermon. Here's what will help you not be scared. Own your stuff. Own it and look at it and go, it's me. 
I am so glad for grace. Right? So, so I'm going to ask again, would you agree with me? If you're going to have a great relationship, one of the pillars of that foundation has got to be forgiveness. Yes, it is. Okay. Now, how about this? Because we get that. That's such a common sense thing that if we're going to have a great marriage, we've got to practice forgiveness. How about this? One of the pillars of a great spiritual foundation is forgiveness. That if we would teach our kids that things are good between you and God because we're living out forgiveness, we've helped them lay a spiritual foundation. But we do what Rick did, and that is watch how I treat these people in real life. Because we really haven't processed forgiveness. Second truth. To forgive means you and I understand the grace we have received. Colossians 3.13, we are to forgive as the Lord has forgiven us. So uh, I want you to stop and think for just a second about your own forgiveness. Don't think about who injured you, who hurt you, who made you mad. Because these are deep things. These are big things, right? If you're carrying it today, you've carried it for a while, it's because it's big. It's big. But I don't want you to think about that. I don't want you to think about what you've been forgiven of. And what your forgiveness means. And most often when we think that, we go to the Old Testament, Psalm 103, as far as the east is from the west, so far as he separated our sins from us, right? That he took all this ugliness, right? So we're going to call that the nastiness of our own life. Because if you haven't looked at your own life and realized how nasty you are, there's your starting point. There's your starting point. Until you deal with your own, you can't deal with somebody else's. And the scripture tells us he took that and he separated as far as the east is from the west from us. When I realize all that God has forgiven me of, how do I ever look at somebody else and go, I can't forgive you for what you did to me? Now, this is where the Bible gets really interesting. The Bible would tell us that our ability to forgive is evidence that we've been forgiven. Don't you listen. So if you're sitting out there and you're going, I just can't forgive them. One of two things is true. You've never experienced the grace of God's forgiveness or you've never understood the grace of God's forgiveness. One of the two. Are you with me? Okay. All right. It's really quiet in here. Um, Brings us to the fourth, our third question. How do I forgive? Because this is where the rubber meets the road. And this is the tough part. Um, oh, I'm just going to be honest with you. There's some things that happen to us in life that are too big to forgive. You're going, that's what I've been waiting to hear you say right there, Pastor. Because I got a list of those. I don't have to worry about it. No? No, they're too big for us to forgive humanly. They're not too big for us to forgive because God lives in us. I'm just, I, as plain as I know how to say it, there's some things that you will not be able to forgive unless God enables you to forgive. They're just too big. Not humanly possible to do it. God lives in us and makes it possible. So let's talk about how we do that. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can. So whatever hurtful thing has been done to you is darkness. And our default is this. I will match your darkness and raise it three. What you did to me was bad, but wait to the bad you see that I do to you. Darkness never can drive out darkness. If you're laying in bed at night and you are thinking about the most hundred painful ways you can inflict death on that person, that's darkness. It's darkness. 
And darkness never drives out light. Here's what the scripture says, 1 John 1, 5. This then is the message we have heard from him and declaring to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Only light can defeat darkness. Only God in us. And that thing in you that wants to equalize the scales, it's darkness. Number two, forgiveness is an act of the will. So we all have these natural temperaments. And, uh, but above our natural temperament is our will, our ability to control that temperament. So it doesn't matter what your temperament is. God has given us the ability to control it. And the point of forgiveness is that I am committing myself to work toward the point where I can behave as if it didn't happen. Look at me. But it did happen. <laughs> did happen. I can't, I can't pretend this away. I cannot act like these things did not happen. So then forgiveness becomes not pretending like it didn't happen. Forgiveness is looking hard at the fact that, that it did happen and making a conscious choice, a decision of the moral will to set it aside so that it doesn't become a barrier between us. Boy, that's a great picture I want you to see. Because there's some people in my life that have hurt me deeply. And if you asked me had I forgiven them, I'd probably tell you, yeah, but you want to know what the truth is? They just moved away. Come on. It's easy to forgive people you're not around. Truth of the matter is, there's been some people I've looked at and said, I wish you'd move away. Truth. Leave. Life would be so much easier without you. You say, Pastor, that's cruel. It's easier to be cruel than godly. Process it. It's much easier to say mean things than it is to be a godly person. Much easier. Third point, tough one again. To forgive is not to deny anger, but to deal with it. Um, this is where the work comes in. The wrong that you did to me revealed something in me that is not like Jesus. I want you to look right at me. What you did to me? Revealed something in who I am that's not like Jesus. What you did to me made something that was already here, right? And I look at my wife and I say this all the time about my life. I thought I'd handled that. I thought I'd handled it. I thought I'd moved on. And then something happens. And I'm like, it didn't leave. It's still me. Back to the drawing board. I haven't come as far as I thought. Because something raised its ugly head in me that was already in me. And that something is not like Jesus. So watch this. At that moment that that happens, you get to make a choice. Do I deal with what is not like Jesus or do I give in to it? Ooh. Do I take a step toward him or take a step further away from him? Last point, we're done. The greatest story of forgiveness is Jesus on the cross. Close your Bibles. The only person that ever walked this planet that was perfect, innocent, and sinless is Jesus Christ. That's it. The only person. The greatest injustice that was ever done was done to Jesus Christ. The guy that didn't deserve it most. Watch this. 
A lot of you here, you haven't been following Jesus long. You may not know this. If you go to the book of Isaiah, the scripture says this, that when they were uh, physically abusing Jesus to put him on the cross, that they beat him so bad. Book of Isaiah says he no longer looked like a human being. To a guy that didn't deserve it. And that wasn't the end, right? That was before he got to the cross. That the way they beat him, he didn't look like a human being anymore. Then they nailed him to the cross. Because he was innocent, perfect, and sinless. Didn't deserve it. Now, we're going to up that up, right? That's an injustice. Here's the crazy thing. The book of Matthew tells us that he could have opened his mouth and spoken and 12,000 angels would have shown up. And balanced the scales. I'm glad I don't have that power. Right? Because there would have been some bloodshed that day. We'd have balanced those scales right there. The guy who deserved it least, the guy who was doing something good, right? And beaten and died for it, had the power to stop it, not only stop it, set everything in order. But instead, he chose to forgive. Why? It's not because, it's because of who he was, right, that Jesus forgave. It's because of who he was. So we, we wrap all this up. You're a follower of Jesus. I only have one reason that you forgive. You're a follower of Jesus. No magic. I want to forgive you because I follow Jesus. Not because you're a good person. Not because you've changed. Not because you're better. I follow Jesus. It's because of who I am because I follow Jesus. So this is the last question. We're done. Who are you? Who are you? Would you pray with me? Father, I ask you to speak clearly. Uh, this is a heavy, heavy, weighty, weighty topic, Father. There's some, there's some pain that has been inflicted on the lives of people, Father. And there's some stuff that has happened years ago. And we built the walls of a prison. Father, we live in it. And God, I pray people would be set free today. I pray chains would be broken. Father, I pray, I pray freedom would be found. In the prayer in the name of Jesus, amen. There are two questions I want to ask you. Number one, if you are here and you're ready to take that spiritual step to work on the thing you couldn't let go of, thing you've been carrying around for years, and you're ready to let go of it, would you take that step today? And the second question that I would ask you is, how is the legacy of forgiveness impacting the people in your life you're around most? Your kids, your, your mate, your family. Well, we way underestimate the legacy we leave. Hey, thanks for joining us at The Road. If you'd like more information about things going on at Choctaw Road Baptist Church, visit us at theroad.tv or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash theroadcrbc. Have a great week.